0: Welcome to Lunch with the Coopwood podcast, where we talk with a member of the Regional One Health family about premier behaviors. Today's episode, I'm joined by Ms. Angelita Rogers. As an emergency department manager, Angelita has overseen the care of patients who are dealing with medical um, crisis. And starting this month, she'll be taking on a new role, which we'll talk a little bit about, as Director of Nursing Medicine Services. Congratulations. Thank you. It is not for the faint of heart. Patients come to us in pain, frightened, and stressed, and it's up to Angelita and her team to help them physically and emotionally deal with their problems. Therefore, it's essential to find a personal motivation, a reason to get up every morning and do the difficult yet critically important work um, of taking care of our patients in the emergency room. That makes Angelita a great person to discuss this week's premier behavior, Know My Why. It's an important topic for all of us because our hospital never shies away from challenges. And that, feel, and that can feel overwhelming at times. But if you can identify the reason why you went into healthcare and what passions you have that keep you in healthcare in your career, it helps you keep going. So Angelita, let's talk a little bit about that. Before we explore your why and the, and the talk about how all of us can find our why, tell me a little bit about you and you and your role at Regional One Health and the journey that brought you here.
1: Okay, sure, Doctor Coopwood. As you said, uh, I am the nurse manager of emergency services, and we take care of patients when they are at their worst. So they may be going through challenges with their health, but also going through challenges um, that that we don't know about—economic um, challenges. So it is it is our part to make a positive impact in the, in their lives. Um, I got here into nursing um, by happenstance. Um, at first, I did not want to be a nurse. My goal was to be an architect. Um, I went to school for architecture up through my junior year, and um, I did have my second child while in school, and it became a challenge for me to balance the two. So I took a job out in California um, in the construction realm where I was a site supervisor hmm. um, for construction projects. Um, and, of course, being a 20-something 20, year, 20 something, um, bossing older men around was challenging. <laughs> um, I did it for six years, um, and then I decided I wanted to uh, change, and I became a pharmacy tech uh, compounding in uh, a place called Baxter. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, And then I started my journey into nursing after my grandmother passed. Um, Even after I started nursing, my desire was not to go into leadership. I wanted to be a CRNA until I got an opportunity to shadow a CRNA and I realized how boring the job was. Um, And no offense to any CRNA, it just did not seem like it would be purposeful um, to my purpose, which was making a positive impact. Um, in patients' lives, I wanted to be able to talk and interact uh, with the patients that I uh, provided care for. Well,
0: that's an interesting, circuitous way that you got into to healthcare. Um, um, and we all have different stories. I'm, I'm very grateful to hear yours. Um, as you came into this from a different career, from construction to um, uh, um, into ultimately into nursing. What drew you into, into this field? You said after your grandmother died. But what grew, drew you into this field instead of your other options? And what was it that appealed to you about health care? And how did, you help, how did it help you discover your why?
1: Well, like I said, um, making a positive impact in the lives of, of others—you can do it in many uh, different professions um, through education, um, through building somebody a house. I did do a lot of work with Habitat for Humanity um, in my construction career. However, my grandmother, at a younger age, pushed me into healthcare, and I always avoided it because I want to break the barrier in a profession where women weren't common so I was always the person that was stubborn and wanted to challenge the status quo but eventually um, I did go into nursing as a as a tribute to her and I realized that that was actually my purpose um, being able to make somebody smile when they're suffering with cancer or helping somebody's grandmother walk again those are all very um, near and dear to my heart even Bringing um, staff members in and encouraging them to push further ahead with their education are always that I like to make a difference. So, so nursing has been very rewarding in many fronts, not just with the patient care, but touching the colleagues and touching the people that I manage.
0: That's important. It's an, it's interesting. I talk to new um, new hires in orientation every other Monday. And one of the things that we talk about about knowing their why is there, there's there's a lot of easier ways to make money. Mm-hmm. So if you're in healthcare for the money, um, that's not enough to get you through those long nights, those difficult patients, those um, those difficult patients um, yeah. <laughs> and that you see on a daily basis um, in the emergency room. So it's important that every individual. Um, who's listening to the podcast, or who has a job in healthcare, especially at Regional One Health? Our organization, our patients need them to be very clear about their why, because that's what drives us, and that's what gets us up in the morning. So, when you align your why with the goals of the organization, how does that help you to lead to better patient care?
1: So, so as a leader, when you when you're why is aligned with the organization's uh, mission values and and goals of care you can project that onto your staff through empowerment and encouragement Um, generally I will introduce that concept to to the staff when I first interview them you have to come in here with compassion and I'm going to be the leader that drives you to do more Um, you may be happy as a bedside nurse and I'm not going to uh, force you to go and uh, go back to school because your circumstance might not allow that, but I will present those opportunities that that enhance your learning, whether it be sending you to conferences, whether it be um, providing you with continuing education to understand how we can make a better impact on, on the people uh, that we serve. And I think encouraging and empowerment are the biggest keys to ensuring that our staff are providing excellent care to our patients because if you empower them to do the right thing they 're going to want to drive that needle forward um, when it when it comes to our strategic strategic vision because they want to be successful and, and that 's what I ingrain in them is it's be successful in yourself, make yourself um, push for your for your own purpose. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's, that's important. Now, you manage people um, in the emergency department and in the critical care areas um, in a high volume. Um, we, we are known for our, our high volume, whether it's trauma or critically ill medical patients. Um, and, and we deal with some degree of burnout sometimes. And how do you, um, what happens if one of your team members doesn't e- either doesn't know their why or forgets their why and how does that affect them and what do you do as their leader to kind of reset them and in, in, in where to realign them with where their high should be, where their why should be?
1: All right, so, so rounding is, is one, one big thing. Um, I do have a poster where I had all of my staff members write why they come, why did they come to work for Regional One Health. And so every day it's a reminder to them when they walk in that break room why they're here. Um, and everybody from from our patient service clerks to our ancillary staff to our EVS team has written on that board. So every day they come in, they may be having a bad day. They can read an excerpt from one of their colleagues or from, from themselves to say, okay, this is why I still come here every day. But you have to constantly remind people in the time of, of turmoil, say, for instance, in COVID, um, remind them that, hey, what if you weren't here to care for this patient's loved one? Um, What if somebody wasn't there to care for your loved one? How would that impact you um, when that's your family member? So just bringing it back to personalization, um, making it about how would you want your family member treated? Um, If you had to take on an extra load, is that better than that patient not having a nurse to care for them at all?
0: And that kind of ties into my next question I I'm, I'm, want to pose to you. you. You're working with someone as a leader or beside someone as a colleague um, that knows their why, but it's totally different than your why. Um, how, how do we work together productively um, when we're sometimes motivated by different things? And, um, and how do we keep the focus of the, the patient at the center of, of those motivations?
1: So everybody's different. Uh, You have to gain understanding of your audience, whether it be your friend, whether it be your colleague, you have to understand what drives them. And it's very important uh, to reach strategic goals or to provide excellent patient outcomes because you have to see what that person is good at. I may be good at numbers and problem solving. Dr. Coopwood may be good at socializing with others. Uh, does that mean that his skill set is better than mine? No, it means that your skill set can be used to achieve the same goal, but in a different um, component. So, kind of starting backwards generally is 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 what you do. Is you 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 look at what are we trying to achieve here, and how can each person be instrumental in achieving this goal? Because you're going to need somebody to cover every part of that goal, whether it be numbers or whether it be Communicating um, with the public, um, but everybody has a a voice and has a a nugget to offer towards that goal.
0: That's interesting. So I'm I'm a big socializer. Is that is that what I <laughs> that what I just heard you say? <laughs> um, no, that that's, that that answers the question very well. Um, you've been part of a project in the emergency department that is very important to understanding the why and and why we we come. I talk again in orientation to the new hires, and I say everybody in our ICUs was headed somewhere with an intention of getting there. Right. And for whatever reason, they find, ourselves, they find themselves in our trauma ICU. So they come to us for care. They come for us for compassionate care and creating ex- exceptional experiences. Um, and they don't come with the expectation that we're going to do harm. And so this project you've been working in is strictly, it, it goes directly to this why. Um, so tell us a little bit about the work you've been doing to reduce harm events in the emergency room and throughout the hospital, even though today that's not part of your, um, your role. But it soon will, and we'll get to that in just a second.
1: Okay, so back in 2019, if I can remember correctly, Dr. Coopwood, you had us all in the boardroom, all the leaders in the boardroom, and you challenged all of us to drive the harm events down. And and you said that everybody plays a part. Um, and generally in emergency services, we don't really associate harm events with with outpatient ERs. Um, so my brain got to turn, and I said, well, we could do something. And so the very next day, I actually implemented a project after speaking with Wound Care to see what could we do to help drive these harm events down. And one of the things is putting your eyes on the patient, putting your eyes on the patient to see what they have when they got here and making it intentional, putting your eyes on the patient. Um, so we we log roll our patients every time they come into trauma. So why not put your preventatives on that patient when they come through the trauma room. Um, Implement the same thing on our medicine ED side. Um, And we were able with that project to drive the heel and sacral uh, pressure injury numbers down um, significantly by just doing that um, extra step when a patient first comes to the unit. Um, Additionally, we were able to capture our present on admission um, wounds um, when the patient came to the ER now this was in 2019 and went through 2020 we saw major success in that and then we kind of we continued to do it in our ERs but it never translated into the inpatient setting until this year um, so we kind of restarted that project up throughout the hospital one so that we could get standardization of practices um, and two every patient comes to everybody's unit. So that's the, the common theme. Everybody gets a patient. So when the patient comes to your unit, you can do the same thing. You look at that patient, you identify if there's issues, and you put those interventions in place immediately so that your your workflow is not interrupted throughout the day. Because you know when we get busy, it's hard to go back to the task that we may deem as not as important as giving the medication. Well,
0: you know, that's that's Im- important concept that you just talked about where I use what I do in my area and then how do I how can I leverage that across the organization sometimes organizations are so siloed where you know she's in the emergency room she can't tell us what to do we're taking patients up care of patients up here on the floor Um, but obviously what you did caught the eyes and attention of leaders um, one of the things that I love to see within the organization is opportunities for uh, individuals who have great leadership potential to be able to uh, be promoted when opportunity exists. So tell me a little bit about your new role and, and how you'll, what it is and what all you'll be responsible for and, and what you're looking forward to.
1: Okay, so my new role is Director of the Medicine Service Line, um, and that's medicine from the ER all the way up to the ICUs. And it's, it's a different concept, because generally you have separate directors for each. Um, but what I see working well, because I have med-surg experience, I have ICU experience, I have ED experience, you're able to connect the dots from the top to the bottom, and you're able to get those leaders involved and understanding and thinking outside the box is how do we help our team get to the goals that we set forth, Uh, whether that's offloading our ERs, whether it's offloading our ICUs, whether it's um, decreasing our throughput numbers by, by pushing each other to get these patients out in a timely manner and identifying those discharges early. So my role will be overseeing the leaders that oversee the teams, um, and I'm excited um, to empower them to do great things uh, because all of them have different strengths that they bring to the table, and I just want to tap into those and, and, and highlight them um, and push the organization forward.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations, and I look forward to is, um, and there's a similar role on the acute care, on the, on the tr- um, trauma side. Mm-hmm. And so this is something new that nursing is putting together, so I'm excited to see how it works out, and, and again, congratulations. So before we end this um, Lunch with Dr. Cooper podcast, I just have one more ask of you and that you would leave us with some tidbits or advice um, that we all can use as we go about our work. Um, what are your suggestions for identifying a person's why and trying trying it in their specific role at Regional One Health, whether that person has a has direct patient care responsibility or they're supportive to the patient care?
1: So just asking the question, um, round on your team, ask them why are they here? Why do they enjoy coming to work every day? Um, and then when they do identify that, you, you make a connection. Um, to our vision and our organization, and you remind them of that daily, um, especially when they're having a hard day. You have to remind them of why they said they were here. Um, and I think if you know everybody's individual why on your team, you can push your team to do great things. Wow, that's
0: that's that is Im- important because um, as leaders, we we not only have to do our job, but we have to watch our 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 team members. Um, and especially during COVID, there was so much burnout and so much um, concern for team members not only trying to keep COVID out of their home, but also taking care of patients who um, some were dying from this disease. And so as a leader, you have to have your eyes wide open to be able to spot that. So that, that's extremely important. Well, Angelita, thank you for joining us today and sharing your why. Um, It has been very insightful and helpful, and I hope everyone who watches and listens to this podcast can better understand their why and go about um, going um, and and clarifying that if it's not clear. In healthcare, we like to say it is our primary focus is on our patients' needs. We're off to a good start. If you start from a place of compassion and wanting to provide the best care possible, you will naturally do the right thing by our patients. I encourage everyone to find a reason to do that. Your why doesn't have to be the same as my why or Angelita's why or anyone else's why. It just has to be your why. Find that thing that motivates you. Reflect on what you love about your work. Remember why you decided to join um, to do this job in the first place. And if we start each day by remembering our why, why we're driven to do the essential yet challenging work, we can meet our patients' needs and support one another. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Lunch with Dr. Coopwood. We'll look forward to seeing you the next time as we explore another premier behavior. And Angelita, congratulations and much success on your new role.
1: Thank you, Dr. Coopwood.
0: You've been listening to Lunch with Dr. Coopwood, a podcast series that features Dr. Coopwood in conversations with people around Regional One Health and elsewhere who are making a difference with our premier
1: behaviors.